Anyways, I'm sorry. That's funny. We gotta get this shit going. I'm, I apologize. I'm having issues. No, you're good. What episode is this? I think this is 74. That's what I have written down. All right. I honestly could not remember. Yeah. It, I took a wild guess. I had to look at some shit before we got into this. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 430 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. How you doing today, Pat? I'm back in the studio. 74. 74. Episode number 74. Uh, any players for number 74? Was Kevin Beecham on the Steelers 74? I don't know who the hell that even is. I think his name was Kevin Beecham. You know what? I have no clue. I feel like it was 74, but I'm probably wrong. Okay, I do have a player that plays for the Browns now. That used to be a Steeler that wears 74. Hubbard? Chris Hubbard. Yes, sir. Ah. Chris Hubbard signed a five-year contract as to be basically kind of like a swing tackle, but he was probably going to start when he signed this contract. Chris Hubbard, until that time, was not a starter in the league. He was a pretty much a backup. He had seen some time starting, but he was never a full-time starter with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But he was pretty good. He's all yeah, right. He's pretty good. He signed this five-year contract, and it's like five years and over $30 million. It's like, wow, that's a lot of money for Chris Hubbard, right. who's never really been a starter. Every single year, they're like, well, there's a clear-cut candidate. We're just going to cut him, cut him loose. He played out that entire contract, <laughs> and he signed up again, and he's back with the Rams this year. So. Well, I guess he's doing something right. He's doing something right. He's been having injury issues, but he really is a four-position backup. He can back up at left tackle, left guard, right guard, and right tackle. Well, it's good to have so, a guy like that. Anyways, what kind of uh, what kind of news stories do you have today, sir? How many do you have? I brought four to the to the studio today. Well, why don't you get wrong? Cause I have I only have two today. You only have two. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna run all four of these or not, but we'll see what happens. This first one, I saw this one on Facebook today. Actually, hmm. pretty interesting news article though. And this one's gonna come from B gr.com do you have this one Mm -mm. mysterious beams of light in the sky have been spotted around the world Ah, okay now i'm gonna abridge this news story a little bit before i get into it there's a lot going on with this one and there's a lot of people that want to comment on this i'm just going to kind of do like the spark notes version sure multiple people spotted a mysterious beam of light in the sky last week the red flare as many described it was spotted by people in houston and other places throughout the world well the strange red flare might give off extraterrestrial vibes due to its mystery the phenomenon was most likely nothing quite as extraordinary some say some are only saying that (laughs) not everybody people spotted the mysterious red flare over houston texas the night of wednesday march 23rd 2022 others noticed it over Peerland, league city deer park and missouri city abc 13 reports Mm. but a similar mysterious beam of light was also spotted on another side of the world in areas like egypt While some have had interesting theories as to what the mysterious beam of light is, many have attributed the red flare to a light pillar. Light pillars appear when lights move through ice crystals in the sky. It creates a beam-like look of light that shoots up into the sky. What's most interesting about this mysterious beam of light is the fact that it is also seen over Egypt, sometime before it appeared over Texas. It's possible that a similar type of factory experienced a similar flare-up over Egypt. So I guess it's saying it came from a factory Hmm. where you were shooting light up into the sky and it created this pillar. That kind of sounds like a bullshit explanation. I mean, I... I've kind of seen that before, 
To an extent. Yeah. The unfortunate truth is there's just a lot about the world and our universe that we don't understand, both on our planet and beyond it. After all, someone recently thought they'd found a UFO submerged at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. All we can do right now is scratch our heads and wonder about this mysterious beam of light in the sky. So it gets into this a little bit. Now, there's a lot more going on with this news story. There's a lot of people that speculate it's aliens. I guess Reddit thinks it's aliens. Which Sounds is kind of, about Which right. is kind of surprising for them because they've kind of swung towards the establishment pretty hardcore lately mm. the people on reddit have but i don't know it's a beam of light i guess it's been seen pretty frequently now are there any connections between besides the beam of light obviously are there any other connections between the various locations the beam of light was seen there doesn't seem to be it seems to be kind of all over the place hmm. texas and egypt there's not really a lot of connections going on there hmm. are there not that i know of not that i can think of either anything you know, I don't know what, what the what, what these what hand gestures them, mean. What, what you call them? The uh, what the fucking constellations and shit. <laughs> constellations. <laughs> I don't know where this becomes constellations. Just cut all that. But that that's a new story. It's pretty interesting. BGR.com. Yeah. There is more with this one if you guys want to look that one up. We're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, these mysterious red beams of light. And if you have seen a mysterious red beam of light, tweet us at thirty in the. Yes, please tweet us and let us know all about it. We gotta get the Twitter handle out earlier in the show. So that was good. That worked Definitely. out. Thank you. Anyways, Ben, what do you have for your first uh, news story? So found this one today. This is a little bit older. It's from March twenty fifth. 2022. Okay. This is from ancientpages.com, I believe. Uh-oh. Rare. Cursed tablet predating the Dead Sea Scrolls discovered on Mount Ebal could rewrite history, scientists say. Did you say cursed tablet? Yes. Uh-oh. I'm yes. a little bit nervous about this. Should we be covering this? I don't know. Connie Waters from ancientpages.com. Scientists have announced the discovery of a rare ancient tablet that has potential to rewrite history. The tiny tablet is older than the Dead Sea Scrolls and unearthed on Mount Elba in Israel. Now, we've talked about the Dead Sea Scrolls before on the show. Have we? Pretty yeah, pretty. the Gnostic Gospels. Okay, yeah, okay. The same my thing, bad, my bad. I'm pretty sure. Measuring only 2 centimeters by 2 centimeters in size, the engraving on the tablet has now been translated, and researchers argue the engraving could offer proof that events of the Bible occurred hundreds of years earlier than previously believed. 2 centimeters by 2 centimeters? Yeah, it's really small. What? The small ancient lead tablet was discovered by Dr. Scott... Stripling, director of Ar- Archaeological Studies Institute at the Bible Seminary in Katy, who, together with her team, visited Mount Ebal, one of the two mountains in the immediate vicinity of the city of Nablus in the West Bank, and forms the northern side of the valley in which Nablus is situated, the southern side being formed by Mount Gerizim. The unearthed tablet reminds the ancient Roman defoxions that one that were deliberately produced to curse people. Sorry, it's going to be hard to fucking... this is written kind of (laughs) weird this this fucking katie bitch don't know how to write the inscription on the discovered tablet reads cursed 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 by the god yahweh you will die cursed cursed you will surely die cursed by yahweh cursed 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 no wonder that didn't make it into the bible yeah i mean that's pretty rough examinations of the artifacts suggest the tablet is at least 200 years older than any other hebrew text in existence the dead Sea 
scrolls are considered the defining artifact that determines the timeline of the Bible. The scrolls were written in about 150 BC. Some historians argue that Exodus, the Israelites' flight from Egypt, occurred between 600 BC and 300 BC, during what are known as the Persian period and the Hellenistic period, respectively. See, I would disagree with that. There's a lot of there's a lot of historical evidence that it would have been earlier than that. The timeline of the Bible has long been based on the Dead Sea Scrolls that were discovered in 1947 in West Jordan near the ruins of Qumran. Qumram. I think that's how you say that. I don't know. At the site, researchers found clay pots filled with ancient scrolls. The artifacts were scattered across 11 caves located 13 miles east of Jerusalem, Israel. The texts are written using carbon-based ink and are mostly in Hebrew, with some in Aramaic. 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 And in Greek, as reported earlier on ancientpages.com. The preliminary analysis showed the texts belonged to the Essenes, member of a religious sect or brotherhood that flourished in Palestine from about the the 2nd century BC to the end of the 1st century AD. I could go on with this, but this is pretty cool. That is pretty, in- that's really interesting. And one of the problems that comes up with the Dead Sea Scrolls is we really do not know how many times they were copied prior. Exactly. I think these are copies upon copies upon copies. That date that they gave where the whole Egypt flight was only 600 BC. Right. There is no fucking way that that, yeah, and, that actually happened that way. And when people translate in their various languages, context gets taken out, you know. But we've already got, we got three different languages featured in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well. Yeah. That, to me, tells me that they're copies. Definitely, yep. So, now it is really interesting, and they're still the most ancient primary sources that we have, and we're going to be getting into this in a little bit on the main topic with this episode. But sure. That's a really interesting article. Now, that little tablet, that's creepy shit. And it's so small. I don't understand how small it is and how it can have that much information on it. Right. But (laughs) that was honestly possibly one of the best news stories that we've covered on the show so far. Good. That was a good one. I've got a bunch of shitty ones to follow that up with. Do you have anything more with that? Nope, that's it. You guys can check that out at ancientpages.com. Yeah, you might need to send me that link at some point because I'm going to have to get into that one a little bit more. Sure thing. That was some good shit. Sure thing. Let me follow that up with some nonsense, but... This one comes from WSVN.com, and this is going to take us to the city of Miami. Thief caught on camera burglarizing Miami shoe store leaves with 20 left sneakers. <laughs> Police are searching for a crook who targeted the shoe store in Miami. When the crook couldn't get into Lux Miami from the front of the store, he decided to get inside by cutting a hole in the roof. Around 2.30 a.m. Tuesday, surveillance video from inside the sneaker store along the 2300 block of Southwest 22nd Street showed the crook climbing the wall where the shoes were on display. When he comes down, he kind of falls off, comes to the ground. He just goes up quick and starts grabbing every shoe here, said store owner Johan Alvarez. It's a big hit, definitely. The store owner says they suffered fifteen dollars to $20,000 worth of loss and they don't have insurance. Whoever was committing the burglary wanted to go directly to these businesses and get those shoes said Miami police officer Michael Vega police said Lux Miami is not the only store targeted these crooks actually made three holes on the top of the roof two of them not being in the business in this business so it's more the damage that they caused than what they actually stole said Vega talking about what they took they took left feet shoes they didn't take a pair of shoes They just took single sneaker shoes that were on the rack. Now, I got into this one a little bit more. I guess the store owner was a 20-year-old kid. He 
put everything he had into the store, opened up the sneaker shop, mm-hmm. and it gets hit like this, and it just crushed him pretty much. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough. It's terrible. It sucks for this guy, this Johan guy. But they broke in and they're just stealing display models, just display shoes, <laughs> all left hand or left handed, left foot sneakers. Yeah, they didn't think about that. Very I wonder. Well, did they? <laughs> I wonder what the thought process was. They probably didn't <laughs> just think about. it. They were probably like, fuck it, grab them, just whatever they yeah, can just grab. Grab whatever. Yeah, they didn't even think that they were only left left footed shoes. Now I could see maybe if there were like right right foot shoes in the mix. Right. You could like put together a pair. Right. And sell it or whatever. But I don't know. I guess it is smart to only have one shoe out on display. Yeah. That way definitely. you're not really losing valuable inventory. Like you're losing inventory, but it takes a special type of type of moron. <laughs> To just steal left foot shoes. It takes a moron to steal in general. It definitely does. Now, we're going to see. That one may make the episode. It might just get cut completely out. We'll see. It was a good one. I don't know about that. I thought it Anyways, was good. What else you got? This is from WTRF.com. We're going to West Virginia here. Almost heaven down there. Yep. Mountain Mama. West Virginia woman alleges a live mouse was found in her McDonald's drink. A live mouse? Yes. This is from five days ago. John Lynch reporting. A West Virginia woman is accusing McDonald's of negligence after she found a live mouse in her mocha frappe. According to the West Virginia record, Amanda Holstein, or Holstein, went through a drive through McDonald's in Sissonsville and ordered her meal, which included the mocha frappe. The news outlet reports that Holstein was drinking the mocha frappe through a lid and straw and wasn't until she got home she saw the drink move <laughs> that is hilarious I, that's when Holstein removed the lid and allegedly saw the live mouse and ran outside to vomit <laughs> the West Virginia record is reporting that Holstein wants compository damages for pain and suffering emotional distress mental anguish medical expenses lost wages annoyance inconvenience and aggravation annoyance annoyance yeah and that's can, the... you, can you sue for annoyance <laughs> I don't know but that's the end of the article. I thought that was pretty fucking funny. And what's sad is that McDonald's is definitely going to be settling this suit. Yes, 100%. It's not going to happen in court. She's going to get a nice check. I've never seen so many. Suffering, emotional distress, mental anguish. Mental? How, how do you define <laughs> that? Medical expenses, lost wages. How much time did she take off for this lost. situation? <laughs> Inconvenience. <laughs> An aggravation and annoyance. Unreal. That Jesus. That lawyer just sat there with a thesaurus, <laughs> just flipping around and writing down all these words. I swear to God, that's the funniest shit. <laughs> how do you? Uh, I don't know how you define any of these. Anyways, that's that's hilarious. That's pretty good. We need to keep up on that one. That's one we got to keep our eye on. Yeah, we'll 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 revisit that one. All right, now we're gonna this is gonna be an extended news segment, I think, because I got two more I want to get in. The main topic, it'll be quick. Yeah. This one's going to come from fox13news.com. Now, this one is going to take us to Malaysia. Oh, shit. And I guess the event in question happened in 2018. Okay. But we're just getting to the point where this is becoming newsworthy now. Four Chinese badminton players found guilty of not playing seriously. This is out of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Four Chinese badminton players are on probation for two years for failing to try their best to win a doubles match in 2018. The incident happened at the 
the Fuzhou Open quarterfinals in China in November of 2018. I guess it, it happened in China, but for some reason Malaysia's reporting on it hmm. for reasons. I don't know. Okay. Then world-ranked number two pair Lee Jong-hui and Li Yu Chen. Hmm. And we're playing number 17-ranked He Yi Ting and Tan Chang. Danish players observing reported to the referee that the match wasn't being played seriously. The referee and tournament manager interviewed during the second game when he and Tan led a 21 to 15, comma 7-11. See, I don't know how badminton scores work, <laughs> so I guess I mean something. The umpire and ref asked both teams to play their best. After the intervention, the match noticeably increased in intensity and speed, and he and Tan won 21-15, 14-21, 21-19. Like maybe the the rules are similar to like I don't know. No, I don't know. Bowling. Yeah, I don't know. Now, all four players were charged. In interviews next month, the players denied any wrongdoing and spoke of their familiarity with each other's game. Lui and Lui added that they were in bad physical shape after a long, mostly successful year. A disciplinary hearing wasn't held until November and December 2021, at which tournament referee Pencho Stoinov said he'd never seen an incident like this in his 14-year career as a ref. The Badminton World Federation revealed on Friday that the panel found the players guilty of failing to use their best efforts. <laughs> they were each given three-month bans, suspended for two years from January 25th. Damn. They also had to forfeit their Fusho open prize money of $12,250 for he and Tan and $2,187.50 for Louis and Louis. <laughs> okay. You can literally get a harder, a harsher sentence in this badminton league for not putting in your best efforts than raping somebody in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, we're at that point. And I... <sighs> I don't know. I just found that one fucking hilarious. That's ridiculous. These guys weren't trying their best. They weren't trying their hardest. Now, I was thinking about it, too. I don't know how badminton works. Let's say tennis, for example. Let's say, I think men do best of five sets in the tennis. So you do five sets. Yeah. And it's like six games. You got to win six games in a set. Yeah. Let's say you and I were tennis players. And we knew that we were, we knew going in that we were complete equals. What's the point of playing two sets that we're going to split and have it be decided by one set? You know what I mean? Right. Why not just, just dick around, get the two sets out of the four sets out of the way, and then make it one set, do or die. Right. You know what I mean? That makes sense. That's what I kind of think is going on here. Now, they say I they're familiar with each other's game. Obviously, they've been playing each other for a while. Sure. These are all Chinese people that we're talking about. And it seems like this is towards the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. This guy's citing that he's tired. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I can't figure this one out. They I should, think they, it's funny. They should just retire at this point with, well, their, with, their, with their punishment. Apparently, Lee retired in November. So. Okay. No, not about Louis. Good for him. Anyways, that's all you got with that one. That's that was pretty. That's one pretty of the good. One stories we've done. <laughs> Do you have any more news? Nope. I'm all set. All right, I've got one more. Let's hear it. And this one comes from our favorites, UPI Odd News. I thought this was going to be our first episode without without one. We have to have UPI Odd News. <laughs> ben Hooper basically is like part owner of the podcast at this point. <laughs> Literally. He writes a lot of good shit, and this one's no exception. That guy, that guy works. 
There's a lot of shit on you know, there, and he writes every single one. It's effortless for him, I'll bet you. I'll bet you he cranks it all out in about 30 minutes. Dude, unreal. Anyways, Michigan woman finds loose kangaroo in her driveway. Jesus. A Michigan woman captured video outside her home when she came across an unbelievable sight. A kangaroo on the loose in her driveway. Sarah Greer said she spotted the animal in her Lapeer County yard Tuesday afternoon. Now, this is only like an hour and a half away from us. I'm not even going to lie. It's pretty close. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Did, did, did this up? kangaroo escape from Dr. Pole? Dr. Poles? Probably. <laughs> Just walking on the driveway, not walking, hopping up and down the driveway. And it was eating something, Greer told WJBK-TV. That's going to be out of the Detroit metro area. Greer said she was unsure about what to do about the Australian animal, so she called 911. <laughs> I say I'm located in southern Lapeer County, and there's a pause, and she responds, Ma'am, are you sure it's a kangaroo? <laughs> and I said, Yes, I'm sure. Greer recalled. The dispatcher reported the marsupial to Lapeer County Animal Control, but Greer said she later learned the kangaroo's owner safely recaptured it. Greer said she spoke with the owner of the kangaroo and learned the animal's name is Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Almighty. Another witness, Alex McCarthy, captured video of Douglas hopping through a cemetery before being recaptured. She posted the video to TikTok. Greer said she is happy she captured video of the animal because even her own husband found the story hard to believe. Now, I'm trying to convince him not to get another dog, but a kangaroo, she said. Lord Almighty. So yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I'm just curious. How do you get a kangaroo? Like, yeah, you, like, like, there's got to be some process to this. Yeah, like, how do you get one? Like, where do you, who do you call? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how how you start that process. Like, <laughs> I've seen wallabies. I don't think I've ever seen a kangaroo in person. I know there are some places that have them. I don't think I've ever seen one. I was in an enclosing with kangaroos. Okay, really? Yeah. I don't believe yeah. this. At the Fort Wayne Zoo, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, okay. You could like walk through the kangaroo exhibit. It was kind of it's kind of crazy. Did they try to box you? No, but they were ripped. I wouldn't fuck with one. I wouldn't fuck with one either. You ain't fucking with a kangaroo. Nope. I'll tell you that right now. Nope. Not even a little bit. Anyways, we're going to talk about some more shit we're not fucking with, with our main topic. That's right. Pat, what is our main topic today? And this is going to be Ben's episode if there's ever been Ben's episode. So that means this is going to be Pat's episode. No, that's not how that works. Anyways, we're going to be talking about some crazy ancient laws. Now, we did a similar episode to this before. What Which episode was that? Was it like... Like episode 54... Like, yeah, fifty four, like, like ancient, ancient archaeology or something. No, we did a we did a dumb law episode. Oh, remember? that was that was earlier. That was before the Bigfoot one. Really? And that was like forty eight. Forty eight. Because that was the one. I think that was the one that we did before work. Remember when we had to do that episode before work? Oh time? yeah. I feel like that was the dumb laws episode. That was a good episode. That honestly was one of my favorites. It was a little bit shorter of an episode. I did not want to be in the studio at all. I was having <laughs> none of it that day. <laughs> But that honestly was one of our better just like start to finish listens. Yeah. That was a good one. So this one is a little bit similar, I'd say. A little bit similar, a little bit different, kind of all over the place. Sure. Anyways, ancient laws. Now, we kind of sort of, did we really set up a framework in terms of what we're going to call ancient? Yeah, we said everything prior to 300 AD. Okay, I have one that's going to be afterwards. That's all right. We were kind of thinking 300 AD because that's when Constantine comes up. So that's when the Catholic Church kind of really takes over most of the world laws, at least the recorded world history 
laws that we have. I don't really know what constitutes ancient. I don't know if there's a definition in place for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't really know either. Uh, some people will say later shit is ancient. I really don't know. I kind of figure the fall of the Roman Emperor Empire is probably a good marking point. Sure. Because you think about ancient Rome, then eventually it ends. Although nobody really knows exactly when it does end. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation. Or there's a lot of debate, I guess. Sure. I consider the Roman Empire ending when a lark sacks Rome. But that was just, he just kind of walked in. It was like, hey, we're, we're, the, we're the, van, the vandals or whoever the fuck they were. Mm-hmm. They sort of just like wandered to Rome. Hmm. Romans are like, fuck it, we don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's the end of it. But not really, because then you got the Eastern Roman Empire, which that lasted until the 1400s. The Eastern Roman Empire. It wasn't like, that long ago. Wasn't that long ago. Now they <laughs> called them, or they were known by history as the Byzantine Empire. Mm-hmm. But they considered themselves a Roman Empire. Hmm. So, anyways, we really don't know what the hell ancient constitutes. But I think my my last one is like 400s. So a little bit That's after fine. what we it's said. It's no big deal. So, Ben, since this is your episode. Oh, boy. Do you want to kick us off? So, have you ever heard of the Hittite Law of Adultery? I think I might have seen something on this one, but... So, the Hittites were an um, Anatolian people who established an empire in uh, like the Asia Minor and Syria area that flourished between 1700 to 1200 BC. Sure. And um, they have some uh, a couple interesting laws on adultery that are that are uh, pretty crazy. So, law 197 apparently. If a man seizes a woman in the mountains and rapes her, it is the man's offense and he shall be put to death. But if he seizes her in her house, it is the woman's offense. The woman shall be put to death. If the woman's husband finds them in the act and kills them he has committed no offense <sighs> now law 198 if the husband brings them his wife and the accused lover to the palace gate which is the royal court and says let my wife not be put to death and spares his wife he must also spare the lover then he may veal her his wife but if he says let both of them be put to death and they roll the wheel the king may have them killed or spare them now the one thing we need to think about when it comes to all these laws and that shit's ridiculous it's insane most of these laws were put in place because these scenarios were happening (laughs) and they had to figure out a way to regulate this shit right so now kind of i read a couple things on these laws basically kind of how they what they thought back then was a woman outside of her home is a lot more vulnerable than inside the home. So if a woman is attacked outside of their home, then the man will always be the accuser. Sure. That's how they looked at it. Yeah. And inside the home, they just assumed in most events a woman would be protected by family, you know, sons, daughters, whatever. So then they would just assume that the woman, because you don't know if it's consent at that point. There's another man came into the home, so but they didn't, you know, they, don't, <laughs> they didn't think like we obviously are right now. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he was in her home, they just kind of thought... No, it's her fault. That is her fault that this person was allowed to rape her in the first place. I don't know. So that's that's kind of how I feel like they were thinking about this. Some ridiculous shit. Yeah. Um, Can't really wrap my head around any of that making sense. What's funny is when you get into these codes, I didn't do anything quite like that with mine, but there's a lot of that shit out there yes. throughout the research that we were doing. Now, are you done with that one? Sure, go ahead. Okay, now my first one. Now, have you ever heard, I gotta frame it up real quick, of the Code of Hammurabi? Yes. Hammer, it's basically like the first actual recorded legal code out there. Yep. And like even today, like in courthouses, they'll have like statues of Hammurabi. Mm-hmm. as like the first like legal mind. That's kind of cool. 
He was a he was an eight. I think he was 18th century BC Babylon. Mm-hmm. Now I think Babylon Babylon was like the third one of the early ancient civilizations. So you had the Sumerians who taught you how to write, and then you had the Phoenicians who created like phonetic language. Cause we always hear about phonet it sounded out phonetically. Mm-hmm. So the Phoenicians, the Sumerians taught you how to write, or they knew how to write. The Phoenicians were able to take spoken word and write it out writtenly and phonetically do it all. Mm-hmm. So then by the time Babylon came around, they just babbled on and on and on. Right. Because they were able to do it. They they were proficient in it. So they just babbled on and on and on. Right. You don't, you don't get you don't get the joke. Babylon. Yes. Babylon. I I, I missed the first part. So I was kind <laughs> of, I was, I, I planned that out for an hour. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was sitting you, there you on the line. You, you mentioned, you mentioned it. And then I looked down on my paper because I had something similar. I was just checking my paper and then I completely missed the first part. Jesus. And then, I was just, gonna then, say, then I looked back up and you just kept saying Babylon, Babylon. <laughs> I was saying that it was the Sumerians that learned how to write, or they knew how to write. Yeah, I got the that. The Phoenicians were able to phonetically create languages so you could write what you were speaking. Yes. And by the time Babylon came around, they would just babble on and on and on. Ah, yes. Funny. <laughs> That's all getting cut. Okay, so Hammurabi, 18th century B.C. Babylon. He was like the sixth Babylonian king. He had his code, his famous code, the Code of Hammurabi, mm-hmm. one of the greatest legal texts to ever exist. Now, I'm not going to get into the super big details on this one because there's a lot going on with this code. Very similar stuff to what the Hittites had in terms of what you're allowed to do, right? where you're allowed to stick certain things, basically. Sure. There's a lot of that <laughs> yeah. in these codes. Now, I'm not going to get into anything like that. but He was most famous for eye for an eye. Basically, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, yes. was the foundation of the hammer, hammer, is that a word? I, I we can make it a word. He that the eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth was the foundation of the hammer legal system. Now, another th- aspect of this is let's say, for example, you made an accusation, you said that somebody was guilty of murder. I have the same one, damn it. okay. <laughs> Somebody is guilty of murder. Yep. And you can't prove it. You get put to death. Yeah. So could you imagine? Let's let's think about this for a second. Somebody gets murdered. We'll say Billy Bob gets murdered. Mm-hmm. It's between Jimmy Bob and Jelly Bob. Or Jelly Bob accuses Jimmy Bob of doing it. Mm-hmm. So we go to court. If Jimmy Bob is found guilty, he's going to get killed too. Right. <laughs> and if Jimmy Bob is found not guilty, Jelly Bob is getting murdered. <laughs> So there's a lot of bloodshed going on with this shit. And you, you better be careful who in the hell you accuse. Exactly. I, I just find that one funny. It's I like, just, I just like, I know it was a different time. I know we think differently today, but make it make sense even back then. I just don't. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, body for a body, I guess. I guess the only thing that um I could add to that, because I have basically the same thing. Sure. In that rule, um, they force the accusers, obviously, to prove their accusations. Otherwise, they would be condemned to death. But there's actually more that goes on with this law. Because one of the methods of proving innocence of the accused was to throw them in the river. And if they drowned, it was because the gods had determined they were guilty. And if they managed to get out alive, they were innocent, and their accuser was executed for falsehood. Wow. So you had to be real. You had to be real careful. Really careful. No <laughs> shit. Yeah, I had actually had that one down too. Now I got my information. 
we probably were at the same place. It was labrujulaverde.com. Yep, same spot. Ten of the weirdest laws from ancient times. Yep, same one. Guillermo Carvalhal. <laughs> he was the author on that one. Yep. Now, there is one more piece of Hammurabi's code that I found interesting. And I believe this was number 256 or something like that. Mm-hmm. If a bull has gone wild and gored a man and caused his death, there can be no suit against the owner. So if the bull goes wild and he kills a man, mm-hmm. you can't sue the owner of the bull. <laughs> it's just, it just an act of God, basically. Unreal. Now, there, there's a lot of breakdowns as to what happens when, bull, <laughs> when a bull goes wild. Right. And, Who's worth punishment? Who, if it kills somebody, if if it's worth punishment or not? There's all sorts of standards that have to be in place. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's kind of complicated. But sounds like in it. most scenarios, if the bull goes wild and kills somebody, that asshole is shit out of luck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's unbelievable. Maybe that's where the it's a precursor to the running of the bulls. Yeah. Because there's got to be there's no liability insurance. Right. With with, <laughs> with that whole thing. That's funny. Anyways, that's all I got for Hammurabi's Co. There's so much more. It is pretty funny if you look at how some of the shit's written. Mm-hmm. And it's a very well-preserved, I think it was, found, it was found on a tablet, like an old ass, like a carving tablet or something. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty good. It's pretty important shit. And anybody who studied early ancient history is going to run into Hammurabi there pretty quickly in Babylon. So, mm-hmm. anyways, what else you got? I can kind of add to that a little bit. Something sure. really, something similar. Okay. So, you know, here in the West, you are guilty i'm sorry we are all guilty yes we are all according guilty. to greta thunberg right you and your private jets and your coal plants and your <laughs> how dare you how dare you we're all gonna die you robbed me of my childhood <laughs> no i'm sorry your fucking hipster parents robbed you of your childhood <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Greta. That's funny. But anyways, in Western society today, you are innocent until proven guilty by a jury of your peers, right? Unless you're found guilty in the court of public opinion. Sure. Like OJ. Yes. In ancient Egypt, however, it was quite the opposite. You were guilty until proven (laughs) innocent in ancient Egypt. I don't know why I find that so funny. (laughs) As the defendants were often beaten. To ensure they were telling the truth, if found innocent of a crime, an individual's name was still kept on record as a suspect in the case. <laughs> and what's, what, what's funny, uh, though, it, what's terrible. This is kind of similar to the code of uh, Hammurabi. But that shit still happens today. It, it, yeah, like, it really does. I can just refer to a local situation that got a lot of media attention where they uh, 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 alleged crime happened. <laughs> And they needed a suspect, and they had one guy that was in the area, and the cops cleared him immediately, and he's still going to court anyways, because the administrator that caught me, that made it public to the media, needed to have somebody. So this asshole's his life is ruined now. It's ridiculous. Unreal. He's getting accused of something he had nothing to be in. It's like outside of the fact that he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. He was he was cleared immediately. Like they cleared him right then and there. They're like, "Yep, you definitely didn't do this crime." I don't know what is going on with the justice system today. It's absolutely ridiculous how these criminals are just being released from prison. Well, they're just doing whatever the fuck they want to. It's unbelievable. 
Like, well, you know, uh, we talked about that. Sirhan Sirhan was granted parole, but mm-hmm. that ended up getting rejected, so he's still in prison. Well, that's good. But, like, really, we're really at this point. <laughs> Literally. Anyways, I'm sorry. So let's go back to this. Guilty until proven innocent. Yes. And that's basically the, the premise of it. It's complete opposite of how we have it today. Well, it's not surprising. I find that probably carried on. I look at the witch trials, for example. Yeah, no shit. How the hell do you prove any of this? Right. You're guilty just by being weird, basically. Anyways, that's pretty good. Is that all you have with that? Yeah, basically. You can go ahead. Okay, I've got a couple more. In ancient Greece, in early ancient Greece, basically their approach was you take no prisoners. Mm-hmm. Meaning jail was not really a thing. Now, one of the first legal minds in Greece was a guy named Draco of Thessaly. And around 620 BCE, he wrote the first code of laws in Athens. And they call it the Draconian Code. And it's pretty draconian if pretty you think bad. about it this way. Yeah. Death penalty for pretty much everything. You kill somebody, death penalty. Yeah, I saw <laughs> everything. <laughs> Stolen animal, death penalty. Didn't pay your taxes. Put to death. Unreal. Now I don't know where the hell I found that one from, but I think I, I I saw that one. I think it was in it was like a top seven or a top ten list. Could you like imagine that. if we were doing that today? Like, how do you think crime would be? You, well, it, you think it would be worse or better? It would honestly, it would become better really quickly because all the little rule breakers would just be executed. Sure, found with a joint of weed. You're done. <laughs> Pulled over with a joint of weed. You're you're executed. Uh anything violent whatsoever, executed. And they probably would be a pretty. It'd be a pretty quick trigger too. Probably. It wouldn't be a lot of dicking around. I mean, shit. Look at the Wild West, for example. Yeah. They were hanging people for anything. You steal horse hung, literally, hang, or whatever, whatever the fuck it is. They didn't. They didn't do much. Uh, they didn't do much justice out there. <laughs> Drunk and disorderly. It was quick justice out there. Death penalty. Public urination, death penalty. Sure, I would have been killed a long time ago. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> anyways, anyways, that's all I got with that one. That's a pretty good one. You got any more? The sale of children in Rome. You ever hear about this shit? Yeah, you can only sell your son like three times or something. Yeah, so if you had children in Rome, you had the right, well, the father did. In a lot of ancient societies, the father had a lot of ownership over everything, basically. The father was like the dictator of everything. Yes. So this was done through an agreement with a buyer. While the buyer would gain possession of the child, he always was expected to bring the children back home. I don't really know when. Luckily for the children, a father who sold off their child three times was declared as a person unfit to parent. (laughs) Which, luckily... Which, wow, I really lucked out. I'm unfit to parent. Yeah, I just, I don't know where to go with that one. After a third term of slavery, the child would be declared emancipated from his home. Now, he would have to finish his third session as a slave because a deal is a deal. Wow. But afterward, he would legally be emancipated from his parents. While there was a limit to how much a single child could be sold off, there was no limit to the number of children that could be sold off to the buyers. That makes sense. Just going with the logic of it all. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And now, a lot of this type of shit happened when, so like, if there was a discrepancy between two people or if there was a law broken between two people, they would settle it by, hey, I'll sell you my fucking kid as a slave. We can settle this right now. You know, yada, yada, yada. That that type of shit happened a lot. That really wasn't exclusive to Rome either. Yeah, definitely. But that was ridiculous. I, I don't know. I'm happy we don't live in those days. I would probably have been sold off many times. <laughs> <laughs> Given how big an asshole I was. Still am. 
But that's basically all I got. Anyways, I got a couple more really quick ones. Sure. This one's pretty good. Uh, this is from the, the QIN Dynasty. I think it's Chang. Sure. I really don't know how to say Chinese. And the law stipulates that men shorter than the height of 1.52 meters, which would be right around 4 foot 10, and women of the same height do not have to bear criminal responsibility for crimes. Hmm. Now, the logic behind this one was in ancient China back during this dynasty, they determined age by height <laughs> so they just assumed that if you were below this height you were below a certain age and you couldn't be found culpable of crimes that you committed is this where um if you're like under four or five you get to go to free college here in the u.s Something. is this where this law stems from probably <laughs> But I feel like if I were in China, I would try to form my own little gang of these little miniature people. <laughs> just <laughs> to go around just and fuck run, shit up. Run rampant. Could you imagine how funny that would be? I mean, so they could literally do anything and get away with it. Just think if you got like a clan no. together and just started robbing all these banks. No criminal responsibility for crimes. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Excuse me. That's hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. You know, I think we should bring that law back. All right, we'll, we'll we'll discuss it. We'll call up uh, we'll call up our local lawmakers. Sure, you mentioned like writing like a formal letter to your congressman. <laughs> the climate of recent days sparks me or compels me to request this new law, and then like writing this all out like really formally, like having like a lawyer write it up for you. I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought. Do you have any more? Nope, I'm I'm all set. Okay, I got a couple more. This is out of the Sui dynasty. Basically, if you drop out of the imperial examination, which that was some intense shit to become an official in these imperial Chinese things. This was like hardcore studies. Now, you would study from like the point where you could like, like Hudson's age probably. He'd be studying for the shit. And then you take your first test as like a teenager. And it's like the first test, like pretty much like 80% of the people are going to pass it. Even though you're studying really hard, you're going to pass it. And then the second test, like only 2% of the people are going to pass it. But then the third test of that group, like 80% are going to pass it again. So it's like a really regimented thing to see how good you are, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, if you drop out of that, you must drink one liter of ink. And if the scroll was written scribbled, they must also drink another liter of ink. So if you drop out of this shit, or you're taking a test and you're like, you know, I don't want to finish, I want to finish up my scroll. So what exactly is this again? This is during the examinations. If you decide you're taking your test and you're going to drop out to become an official, you have to drink a liter of ink. And if the scroll that you're dropping out from what you were writing is scribbled, you have to drink a second liter. That's rough. It's really rough. So how many people lived? Like, I don't imagine you live very, very long. I have a feeling probably two or three people probably dropped out and drank the ink and died, and then they just didn't do it ever again. Hmm. Now, have you ever seen any of these, like, ancient-ass Chinese movies where it's, like, about the the ancient times, like, the wars that were going on? Mm -hmm. There's an excellent one. It's called Red Cliff. It's about five hours long, and it's in Mandarin. I'm sure my dad has seen it. It's new, though. It's a newer. It's only within, like, the last ten years. They're English subtitles? English subtitles, yes. Okay. And, you know, the one version, I have the extended edition at home on Blu-ray. The theatrical version is, like, English narrated, so, like, some parts are narrated in English, but it's still the Chinese, or it's still spoken in Chinese in their subtitles. Absolutely incredible. If you like war movies, like, ancient war movies, it's ridiculous. You got these, like, three different factions. You got Chow Chow and you got hmm. Lopan or Sun something. I can't remember what the hell these guys are, but it's intense shit. It's really good. But like the visuals are off the wall good. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'll have to check that out. And I've got one more quick law. This one is going to be my latest one. The Theodosian Code was written in 438 AD and it forbade the worship of any other god 
other than the Christian. Now, obviously, this is the one that kind of sort of made all the ancient laws kind of. This is back when the right when the Catholic Church really took hold. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's basically where it all ends is the Theodosian Code, where you can't worship anything else other than it's still there, other than the Christian God. Now, there were still remnants of like paganism in ancient Rome, well after Christianity had really sprung up in the area you're gonna find different emperors that were really into the pagan whatever but this is where it kind of ended up ending so i don't know that was interesting but i don't know about that <laughs> that's probably the worst law that we did today anyways on that note these that's laws, all i got all these laws are just absolutely ridiculous there's a lot you could get into it with it i just um, want to go back in time and just observe this shit i don't think i want to i think i would just i don't i don't want to like be in it I just want to, like... Observe it. Observe it from afar. Well, according to the Vatican, there's a device in the Vatican where you can, like... It's like a time machine. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the hell it's called, but maybe one day you'll get to go back and watch. I hope so. Anyways, if you have any ancient laws that you feel like we should have discussed in this episode, please tweet us at 30 in the... If you feel that any of these laws should be, you know, considered to be reenacted, tweet us at 30 in the... Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe the one with the cows and... Cow are the bulls goring people? Sure, I feel like that's a reasonable. Sure, you can make you like can, you can make a case. I don't want to be liable if I if I buy a bunch of bulls and they start acting up. I don't really want to be liable for that. So right, you never know what could happen. You never know what the hell could happen. Like I feel like if they're just gonna fucking go off the rockers one day and start goring people, like what are you gonna do? About how is that my fault exactly? Same with the dog. So now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go that far, but Bull's a little bit different. True. Anyways, so please tweet us at 30 in the, please comment on Facebook, please check us out. Did you listen to the last episode yet? I haven't finished it. It might not have been our best cut. It might have been our worst one. It was pretty rough. (laughs) It wasn't bad. We just could not stay focused on that one. Had one of those days. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie, dude. I have a habit of interrupting you, but you were interrupting me on that one. Was I? (laughs) Like, what ended up happening is I was trying to finish a thought. And I'm like, the reason why this didn't work out. And I start talking about it. And you launch into something (laughs) completely different. Sorry. And I just kind of, no, it was was both of our faults. Because I just went with it. So we we spent like 10 minutes talking about what you wanted to talk about. And then I tried to circle back. And then I was thinking uh, in editing, I'm like, okay, I can fix this in editing. There is no prayer. There is no (laughs) prayer to putting that together. But Sorry about that. Anyways, on that note, that's all we have for that episode. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Peace. So that's what we got going on right now. Yeah. I don't got shit going on. My pay sub two weeks ago was 72.4 hours. Nice. And then this week, this week wasn't too bad. This week was only 58.9. Anyways, it, I don't know. I hate these 12s. Yeah, 12s suck, man. I don't know. 12s suck. And the Sundays suck. The Sundays, I hate working Sundays. It's 1.30. It's like, I can't wake up at noon. I, I can't do it. I'm up till seven o'clock in the morning every single morning. It just it just is what it is. Yep. I schedule my entire life to get up at three, run any errands I gotta do, gotta be back in the house by four, get my shit together, out the door by four twenty. Gotta put air in my tire every single day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Dude, ten minute operation. I had to put fucking air in my tire today. My my tire was at fucking thirteen psi. Yikes! Mine doesn't <laughs> even get that low. Mine bottoms out at about twenty. <laughs> <laughs>
sort of made all the ancient laws kind of. This is back when the right when the Catholic Church really took hold. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! There's a big spider right there. Want me to get it? No, you just leave it. All right. If it comes this way though, I'm fucking it up. All right. Okay. Pull him out of the studio by that point. <laughs> anyway, so that's basically where it all ends: is the Theodosian Code. And ordered her meal, which included a the froca the mocha, cot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm tired. And ordered her meal, which included the mocha frappe. The news outlet reports that Holstein was drinking the mocha frappe through a lid and straw. And wasn't until she got home she saw the drink move. <laughs> that is hilarious. I... That's when Holstein removed the lid and allegedly saw a live mouse run outside to vomit. So the, the mouse ran out of the cup to vomit. What, what kind of drugs are going on in West Virginia? Oh, wait. Hold on a minute. That's when Holstein removed the lid and allegedly saw the live mouse and ran outside to vomit. Okay, so it was Holstein that vomited. I thought, at first when I read it, I thought the mouse ran out and vomited. I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Then world-ranked number two pair Lee Jong-hui and Li Yu-chen mm. were playing number 17-ranked He Yai Ting and Tan <laughs> Cheng. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny about that. God. These poor guys have names. Then world-ranked number two pair Li Jong-hui I don't know what's so funny about and that. Lui Yu Chen were playing number 17 ranked player, or 17 ranked He Yi Ting and Tan Chang. Danish players observing the reporting. Cut. Danish players observing reported to the referee that the match wasn't being played seriously. <laughs> 